Hi, and welcome to another episode of Words That Inspire. As always, my goal is to motivate, to inspire, to encourage, and to uplift you. Uh, I hope that each and every one of you are safe and sound wherever you are, that this raging virus has not affected you, has not come your family, that there is no violence that has affected you. Uh, as always, I am praying that God keeps you and God protects you. In the last episode, we talked about finding peace in troubled times, essentially how to navigate within a storm and still be at peace. And in this episode, we are continuing with part three of a series we started last year, Keeping Your Head Raised. The goal of the series um, was to teach us about not allowing our troubles to make our head bow, not allowing our troubles to weigh us down to the point that we cannot keep our head lifted. And in this third part, I have invited an awesome guest to help us talk about pressure, specifically external pressure. And we want to talk about peer pressure. It is a thing. And we want to talk about how to ensure that it does not affect us and that we do not allow external pressure from others to derail our purpose. My guest today is a very good friend of mine. His name is Sheyi Alabi, Mr. Sheyi Alabi. He's a husband to a beautiful, beautiful wife. He's the father to an adorable little boy. I mean, I just, I adore his son. He's a member of the U.S. Armed Forces. He's a local fashion icon. And he's also a very well-grounded person. We worship in the same church and we serve together in the usher department. I have had many conversations with him and I always live with, a, live with a lesson learned and a word that encourages me and that enriches me in some way. So when I thought of a guest for the third installment of this series, it came to mind. And I am greatly looking forward to his insight and trust that everyone who listens will be blessed. So, Rashi, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Wow. That introduction was powerful. Thank God for that. <laughs> okay, so let's dive right in. Um, so what do you understand to be peer pressure? Well, um, peer pressure to me is a feeling that must do the same thing as others, you know, among your peer, among your social group, or among your colleague. It's like um, a sense of uh, belonging, you know, just to feel that, you know, you're part of, part of a, a body. That's what peer pressure is to me. Like, you, you want to live up to standard, not necessarily the kind of standard that you want for yourself, but for others just to feel, you know, part of a group, if you understand what I mean. So yeah. that's, that's what peer pressure means to me. And... So, based on your definition, peer pressure is something that comes from inside out. It's based on how you're feeling and not necessarily something others tell yes. you. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, see, it's like you're putting a pressure on yourself just for you to feel that like, uh, you just want to be accepted by your peer, your group, your colleague, you know your mates, you know, whatever, you know, 
a group of people you interact or you roll with or you know your colleagues so you put in this so-called pressure just to meet, meet up with their own standard so yeah so peer pressure is something that is within sometimes in my you know um in a little way that i actually did like a research we have about six um six uh, uh levels of peer pressure mm -hmm. we have like the spoken peer pressure unspoken we have a direct indirect negative and positive so pretty much uh during this conversation we'll be talking more about the five not necessarily with the positive but keep in mind i'm going to talk a little on the positive because sometimes the positive might end up being negative mm -hmm. if you don't apply god's giving wisdom to the you know to the positive peer pressure so okay so before we dive into the different types of peer pressure i just want to i want you to address whether it's real is peer pressure real and i ask this question because i've heard a lot of people when i was growing up I heard a lot of adults say peer pressure is not a thing, you know, um, where I remember something happened when I was in boarding school um, to fit in a girl did something really stupid and unfortunately the negative consequences of that, she was the only one that suffered it. And so when I was telling my aunt the story of what happened and I said, you know, she kind of got pressured into doing it because of her friends. Yeah. And they said that's not a real thing. A friend cannot pressure you to do something. And uh, I've heard a pastor say, "Oh, if your friends pressure you to do something, don't say no. It is as easy as that." And I, I don't think it is. But mm. you know, I just wanted to get your viewpoint on that, whether it's a real thing. If anybody tells you there's no peer pressure, um, I don't know how they were able to deal with pressure in life. You know, growing up. But well, I can tell you, I was saying, I said, uh, peer pressure is real. You know, some people, it, it, it might be easy for someone to say, oh, you, you, you can just say no. But that's not the case for a whole lot of people. If I'm correct, maybe out of 100 people, I'll say maybe about only two people can say just say outright no you know what i mean yeah. but 90 about the other 98 people you know what i mean so uh peer pressure is real you know because like i said earlier especially in the life of the adolescent like the teens you know youths teenagers because you know if someone has like a, a low self-esteem or or you know um, sense of i want to be part of this group you know you feel like this group is so flashy like this is what I, I you know the group i kind of you know willing and longing to belong they can pressurize you to do things out of god's will or out of things that you would normally do so yeah peer pressure is real is real as a daylight yeah it's real and it sounds like the need to belong drives mm -hmm. how we react to external pressure or to peer pressure you know i think it's it's something that everybody feels everybody's pressured in one way or the other the most important is how we react to it mm -hmm. and the how strong the need to belong to a particular group 
determines how we react to peer pressure. Absolutely. So, um, you were mentioning, uh, you mentioned the different types of peer pressure, which actually is linked to my next question. But my next question is, is peer pressure direct? Does it only exist when someone explicitly tells you or verbally tries to convince you to do something? Um, yeah, like I said earlier, we have um, about six types of uh, peer pressure. Uh, we have the spoken pressure. And um, I'll give you, um, I will use myself as an illustration on the spoken peer pressure. When I was in high school, you know, uh, then our assistant senior prefect, that's you would call assistant ed boy, was my cousin. And he was like three, three classes above me. So my like two of my uh friends I, I wouldn't say friends but my colleagues in class came to me they said oh you 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 are a snitch you know you always snitch on, on on boys and stuff like that i was like what are you guys talking about i've never been a snitch why do i want to snitch on anybody i'm just here to you know study and you know <laughs> live my life as a normal young boy mm -hmm. so they verbally pressurized me to join them to do some of the things they normally indulge just to prove that, you know, I'm no, I mean, I'm not a snitch, or I'm not gonna tell on them. You know, we call it spy. Then in in, in high school, that I'm not a spy. But unfortunately for me, just to you know, get them off my back, I actually joined them, to mm -hmm. so, to to you know to indulge in 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 those activities. So that's for spoken pressure. Later on, I probably you know dig deep uh, into. How the story ended for me <laughs> so the spoken um the second one is on the unspoken pressure that one is more of like an atmosphere you know what i mean like when you come around like you you feel like this this set of people they're supposed to be a friend or your friend or whatever but when you come around their continent the atmosphere everything change it's like they don't want you around them you know what i mean so deep down inside of you looking at what did i do wrong how do I get these people to like me, you know, you know, and that goes along with like, you know, low self-esteem on the unspoken peer pressure. The direct pressure is, is similar to the spoken uh, pressure. Like, you know, when you're directed to do something, you know, they're trying to like loyalty, put it like that, you know, it's like, loyalty. yeah, you know, you prove it to us so they, they can direct you to do something. And the indirect is somehow like uh, like spoken, but indirect, they will kind of give you an instant of things that they've done. You know, they're not like directly telling you to do it. You know what I mean? Like you can be like, oh, yeah, that's that's piece of cake. If, if that's all it takes for me to be, you know, to feel welcome among you guys, you know, they're not telling you to do it. But indirectly, they're telling you like, oh, we've done this, we've done this, we've done that. But you, you want to prove that, oh, yeah, you can live up to the standard. Now, yeah, you are, you jump into in, 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 into it by, you know, like this so-called indirect peer pressure and you do what you're not supposed to do. And uh, the, above all, everything ends up with a negative peer pressure. I'll give an, um, a story about a young boy that I read um, in the news here in the United States like two years ago. Um, this 14-year-old kid, um, I think, you know, I don't know much about his background. Maybe, you know, there was no father figure or whatever, but he was pressurized to to go steal, to pickpocket. A 14-year-old kid 
unfortunately for him, he got caught. If you look at this, when I saw the guy's picture, if you look at him, he looks pretty much like a 10-year-old kid, but he's 14 years old. You know, they put him in a jumpsuit, uh, like prisoners wear, while the judge sentenced this kid as an adult. I think the judge gave him 40 years oh for pickpocket. So now, I, I did I hear about the story, you know, some human rights activists, you know, they put it on news, you know, they're trying to compare, you know, things that's going on that affecting, you know, some race and all that. I'm not really going to go deep into that. But look at that kind of negative uh, peer pressure. A one-time thing, he has never done anything before in his life. He just want a sense of belonging to a group and he got cut. Now, let's assume that, you know, they reduce the sentence to whatever, 10, 20 years. That's most of his, you know, uh, youthful life wasted in jail, you know. So we we really need to be careful when we've been, you know, be, been pressured by people to do something, you know. We we really need to be careful. So for the positive one, that can be a good thing. Like if you're trying to pressurize me to do better as a person, which is really good. But sometimes. That pressure, is this something that I really want for me? You know what I mean? Yeah. For an example, if I have a couple of friends like they're like event planner, and I see they're doing extremely well, doing doing their thing, and they're trying to pressurize me, like, dude, you can do it. Yeah, I've seen you move around, you know, things like that. I was like, okay, what if that's not God's plan for my life? You know what I mean? I can indulge in that because it's positive. It's working for them, but not necessarily it's going to work for me. And that will bring me to another quick story. <laughs> I, I heard this when I was a little boy. I don't know, you know, I'm not sure about the authenticity. But I heard this when I was growing up that this guy, you know, his parents pressurized him to be a doctor. Okay? So he finished the school, you know, became a doctor practicing. He had his own, um, what's it called? His own place, like his own medical his own facility. Practice. Yeah, exactly. His own medical facility practice and all that. But he just realized that things are not just moving the way it should. You know, it feels that, you know, I'm not having these clients. I have few clients, you know, I'm always behind my, my, my bills and all that. Mm -hmm. So he approached his pastor, you know, they went on fasting and prayer and all that. So God revealed to him that that's not his field. That's not his line. That he's supposed to be a butcher, like, you know, selling meat. You know, can you imagine from mm -hmm. being a doctor and selling meat, you know, in, in the market? This, According to the story, said they said this man laughed and he just looked at it, pastor, like, you must be out of your mind. A medical doctor, you know, what would my colleagues say of me? You know, you know what I mean? He's not even thinking about himself and what God asked for him. He's thinking about his colleagues, mm -hmm. you know. That what would they you know how would they look at me like once a doctor now selling you know meat in, in the market? Cut the story short, you know he went on and on for years. He realized that you know nothing was moving, mm -hmm. so he went back to the pastors and you know decided the procedure. According to the story, then they said this guy probably owned maybe like forty to forty five percent of meat market in the old Lagos state back in the days. Mm -hmm. You know God really blessed him in a way that. That you know the medical line couldn't couldn't could ever give him in 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 couple of decades. God bless him so fast that you know. So the positive pressure 
you know, if 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 it aligns with God's plan for your life, mm -hmm. that's good. So we need to be careful about the positive pressure. So those are the types of uh, peer pressure we are. So essentially, pressure can take you off course yes. um, from your purpose or, or whatever it is you need to be doing. Yes. I always, it took me time to learn this, mm -hmm. but um, friends who want to be your friends, when you are different from them, are not your friends. Yeah. You know, um, mm -hmm. I remember being in undergrad and studying. It's not that people didn't study, but just to me, it was if I had spare time in between classes, that was all I did. And after school, and I think I had two or three part time jobs after school. Mm -hmm. So it was just school, work, home, school, work, home. And it. I found a community of Nigerian students at school and it was fun hanging out with them. Mm -hmm. But after a while, it was like, well, if it was never something that was explicitly said. So I guess that's unspoken or indirect. But oh, if you if you want to be part of part of the international students group, we have a party here, mm -hmm. we have a party there. And I have nothing against parties and that. It just it wasn't my thing. I already knew mm -hmm. it wasn't the situation yeah. I was comfortable with. But I can yes. understand how, like when you were saying unspoken peer pressure, it's kind of like the atmosphere environment. Yes. Like they would gather, when we would gather sometimes to discuss, mm -hmm. it was almost as if I was a stranger listening in. Exactly. Because as soon as I walked in, the atmosphere would change, like they're speaking in code. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it, it made me uncomfortable. And somebody so, told me once, well, if you want to join in the conversation, you know, come hang out with us on Friday night. Mm -hmm. And it was almost as if the prerequisite to my being included in the group was going to whatever events they had for the weekend. Absolutely. So at the time it hurt, but um, thankfully I was too busy to, to care that much. But looking back at it, Mm -hmm. If a friend cannot appreciate you, have a friend who is an extrovert and you're an introvert and they cannot appreciate you for you, mm -hmm. that person is not a friend. They're just, you know, somebody you're hanging out with. And to anyone who is listening, it's really important to keep that in mind. Yeah. And a friend who, instead of appreciating you the way you are, is trying to influence you to be more like them, mm -hmm. is not a friend. Anybody who likes you or who loves you, who appreciates you as you are, I should not need to if if somebody's telling you to do something and you feel uncomfortable and you feel as if you're being harassed, that's pretty because sometimes I think and tell me if 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 you think this is accurate, we do not sometimes we don't recognize, especially when we are close to people, we don't recognize when we are being pressured into things. Absolutely. 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 Because sometimes it comes like advice from, from a friend. Yeah. But when you're telling me 10, 20 times, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm having reservations and you keep pushing and you keep pushing and you keep pushing. You know, sometimes that's, that's just pressure. That's no advice anymore. No, absolutely not. So that, yeah. That's something to keep in mind. So um, has what do you think about... The effect of mobile devices and probably social media uh, when it comes to increasing or decreasing peer pressure, especially among the youth. Wow, that's that's a very great question. 
I'm telling you, the mobile device has put a lot of pressure on this generation, even more than what we can think of. You know what I mean? There's so many um, applications on their phone now. I'll give you an example. Um, I used to know this um, young lady a couple of years back. Every time she posts a picture on social media, she's going to sit there pretty much almost all day to see how many people like the picture. Wow. If, if she's not satisfied with the numbers of the like, she starts feeling bad about herself. You, you understand what I mean? Like, you put this so much pressure on yourself. So a, a, anytime I see her down and, you know, complaining about, oh, man, uh, um, a lot of people didn't like my picture this time around, or I was like, how much are you getting paid for this? You know, things like that. I try to, you know, redirect a mind that these are just things that it will never bring any value to your life. Like, they like your picture today, they don't like it tomorrow. It really absolutely irrelevant you know what i mean and most of the youths yes they are so exposed to all these things like this device has turned to like a, a small god so this generation you know what i mean like everything they see on social media that's what they want to practice everything like so-called their 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 uh uh their uh how would i say their 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 mentor on social media what they do whether it's, whether it's bad or, for an example, remember the, um, the, the, uh, the laundry, uh, I mean, the detergent, uh, tide the, pods. When yeah, tide pods, yeah. yes. Uh, matter of fact, um, I was, I was on, 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 on military duty. Then I think that was around December two years or three years ago. I was on military duty. I was in, um, New Jersey. I saw the news, like this teenager, they were like, you know, busting these old type of things in their mouth, you know, maybe about few people died, you know, like all these things, like social media. So that's why, you know, as a parent, you know, I'm, I'm going to be involved in my son's life. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you, they, they, there needs to be like a balancing check. It's not everything they see out there, especially on, on the internet, is good for them. So, yeah, basically, this old um, mobile device internet has actually increased the peer pressure among the youth. Absolutely. And it goes back to what we're saying about the need to belong. Like a, a lot of people, a lot of the teenagers who, like the type code incident, mm -hmm. um, probably just to say because everybody else was posting about it so that you can say you belong or try to. You belong, yeah, exactly. Or like whenever they do this, challenges the whatever challenge the cold water challenge or so on i know most of them i've i've never really figured out how they start but i fear it's supposed to be for charity but then you see people like during the winter i'm not even sure what challenge it was but there were people drive diving onto frozen swimming pools and somebody yeah. cracked a rib busted his knee twisted his ankle and as I you should, you know, thank God you didn't shatter your skull, but yeah. I don't care how great the charity is. I don't yeah. understand why, it, well, we're talking about it now, but um, when, when something is bad for you, mm -hmm. how, how it's, it still baffles me, I guess. Mm -hmm. 
when we allow ourselves to be pressured into doing something that is bad for us. I mean, See, like, like I said, um, most of this youth with this whole social media thing is they want to know how many views they got from it. You know what I mean? How many likes, how many comments, how many um, people uh, retweet, repost, you know, their events, you know, without looking at the long run that hey, this act that I'm about to do can actually claim my life. This act can change my destiny for good, you know. Uh, this thing can can impact my parents in a negative way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not thinking about all these things. They're not really thinking about it. That's why, to me, I look at it like, you know, social media, internet is not like the new culture. It's the new culture for you. That's everything they learn. They're learning online. And that's why as parents, you know, we or as, you know, we have a younger ones, you know, brothers, sisters, they're still, you know, at their peak, youths, adolescents. We need to talk to them more. You need to encourage them more. Like this thing is, is not taking your place. This thing is just for the time being. This all oh, is going viral. It might not even last in the next three, six months. So after, after that, what next? You know, you need to redirect, you know, their, their energy to something more valuable for their life. You know, let them see that this thing is just for the time being, just for the short period of time. And it's not adding any value to you. So that's that's the way yeah, I see it when it comes to um, internet and uh, mobile device. And something else you can do, like you just mentioned, talking to teenagers and trying to get them to understand whatever effects of whatever you post on social media is, is not long lived. Mm-hmm. I think it should probably start younger than that because yeah. a trend I've noticed, at least in church, mm-hmm. I've seen one to two year olds with cell phones on all sorts of sites. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they understand where they're going, mm-hmm. but if you raise a child to depend on whatever is out there on the internet, mm-hmm. instead of, you know, start with human to human interaction, not yeah. saying there isn't pressure with humans, mm-hmm. but at least if your child has a friend when they are young who's pressuring them into something, it's easy enough, yeah. easier enough to catch them on some then, obscure yeah. website somewhere you don't even know they visited. Exactly. You know? So yeah. it should probably start younger than that. I, you know, some I've heard parents say they use cell phones as their babysitter, they don't keep the child engaged, they're not crying, they're not disturbing. But the downfall, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, the downfall of that is, you know, because you're so happy, they're not crying or disturbing, mm-hmm. you don't know where they're going and what they are feeding on and what is influencing them and what kind of social group they're um, engaging in on the internet. So, like, for example, your son now, you should be what about two almost two he's almost two yeah in almost two. so would you get him a cell phone or allow him play around on the cell phone absolutely not <laughs> um right now see he already developed the habit of like when i'm on the phone he wants to like take the phone from me and you know speak to whoever i'm speaking to which i understand you know he's just curious that Curiosity. Yeah. you know he's like i'm a role model so anything i'm doing is you know he, he wants to do it but i'm trying to make him understand that you know this is not a time you can 
there's nothing you want to do with a cell phone right now. This is my phone and I'm not giving it to you. You know, sometimes <laughs> you're going to cry about it, you know, but you know, it is it, a learning process. You know what I mean? So I'm not like giving him like free end and just let him have everything he wants to have. No, you know, with love, I'm trying to, you know, redirect his energy. Once he start dragging my phone, I'll probably pick one of his toys that I know that he really likes, give it to him. Or maybe I'll just say, you know what, uh, whoever I'm speaking to on the phone, I'll call you back, you know, pick a toy and play with him. You know what I mean? Just to change um, uh, the behavior at that moment that, hey, this is what I want and I want it now. No. So that's, that's the way. And that reminds me when you say something about like a, a one-year-old or two-year-old, a friend of mine, we're having a conversation like two days ago. His daughter started asking some questions about reproduction. That stuff really baffles him. You know, a five-year-old girl already, you know, asking questions. And thank God, though, his wife is willing to like educate her in a, in a, in a little way to her own understanding. But my friend is not feeling comfortable. But I was like, friend, you need to allow your wife to train her. This young girl, she's curious about this thing. If you don't educate her now, consciously or in her subconscious mind, she's going to find out what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you have a daughter that at least willing to ask your question now. If you keep pushing her away, maybe in the next three, four, five years, when she's like 10, you know, she has a better understanding, she's going to start hiding things from you. Well, and she will learn from somebody outside the house. Exactly. And she's going to start hiding things from you. But if you give her, you know, open arms right now and accept our question, it might not be comfortable for you, but, you know, God will give you wisdom to answer those questions and to be able to understand the way she reason and think. And you can help her in the long run, you know, to, to be a better, you know, a good child, you know, in the way of the Lord as, you know, as a, as a father and a mother. So that's my advice for I mean, when we have a conversation You raise a, a really good point. Mm -hmm. uh, even when it comes to being pressured by friends, it's very mm -hmm. important if there are any parents or mm -hmm. relatives or older siblings to create an environment where whoever the child you know, at whatever age the child is, they feel comfortable at least coming to talk yeah. to you exactly about exactly. what is going on. Like, um, I for like for both of my parents, regardless of the challenges I faced, even times when I felt myself being pressured to go in a direction I don't want to go to, I can tell them anything. You know, thank God they created an environment, especially my father. Because I know sometimes it can be difficult with fathers and daughters, mm -hmm. but I can't think of a topic I cannot raise with my dad. I, I can't discuss anything with him. Um, and my siblings too, my younger siblings, mm -hmm. they know they can tell me anything. They can, sometimes there are things they're not comfortable discussing with their parents. However, they also know, like, there are some things above my pay grade. If there is something they tell me I know I can't help with, I would then go and let, I would let them know about telling my parents, okay, so this issue came up with this person and I don't know what to tell them. But it is very important that an environment is created at home where a child feels, it's like, um, what is that term in, in baseball? Is he home plate or home base or something? You said in, in baseball? Yeah. Home run, home run. Home, is he home run? Okay, I'm mixing up my, my sports metaphor. 
but okay. but somewhere at home where it's home should be somewhere where not just youth teenagers children anybody should feel safe mm-hmm. enough to discuss okay see the pressure i'm facing how do i how do i navigate this okay Absolutely. so when you faced uh pressure when you were younger when you were a teenager when you were youth how were you able to avoid the pitfalls of peer pressure how were you able to resist um for me it was kind of easy in the sense that you know when god has a plan for you whether as a as a child as an adult he will always call your attention to it you know what i mean like you know like the story i told you earlier about the, the guys that tried to pressurize me to just to prove my loyalty that you know i wasn't a snitch or a spy yeah. you know i indulge in all you know all those activities and every time i indulge in it we always get cut mm. you understand what i mean we get punishment you know going cut grass and stuff like that so after about two three four times these guys realize that every time this guy is with us we always get cut. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, then I didn't understand then, you know, as much as I was trying just to prove my loyalty to them. So at some point they started pushing me away, started staying away from me. Like this guy is bad luck, you know, to their own understanding then. And, you know, along the line, I realized, you know, as I grow older, I realized that, you know, I'm a child of light. You know what I mean? Like yeah. anytime I try to indulge in any form of darkness, my light will overshadow that darkness. And it's like all these things we're trying to do in the dark, we're actually doing it in the open and we always get cut. <laughs> you know what I mean? So even as, as, as a young boy, then not necessarily that, you know, I so much know the spiritual aspect of it, but I, I realized that as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a young boy growing up that anytime I try to do anything, maybe being pressured by, a friend you know in a negative way to do something i will get cut so naturally i just don't you know i just don't do it so god has really put that that on me to to keep me grounded if you if you know what i mean so that, that really helps me a lot and then what about our and any person who doesn't have that i know a lot of people who naturally that happens to them whatever they, they step out of their not comfort zone, but when they do something that is wrong, mm-hmm. always without fail, they get mm-hmm. caught. Mm-hmm. But there are some people who probably haven't experienced that. So for those people, how do they navigate? If they're being peer pressured, if they're being pressured into doing something they know they shouldn't do, how do they navigate that? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. To me, I'll let anyone fill in, you know, that kind of pressure. Think about it that, you know, like my dad used to tell me something when I was a, 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 um, a little boy. He knows me that, you know, when it comes to like uh, bullies, I was, you know, I was tiny, you know, really skinny growing up. So most of those bigger guys, they think they can just run through me. And my dad knows that, you know, this tiny little boy you're looking is really tough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I always defend myself. So everybody knows that about me, even in my neighborhood in school. Even if you're going to beat me up, I'm still going to fight back. I, you're not just going to run through me. You know what I mean? I'm right. still going to give you that, that, you know, that fight. <laughs> so um, he told me something growing up that 
if you find yourself in a situation or you do you indulge in something that you can't defend yourself for an example you know if I'm, I'm being pressured to go and take something that is not mine and i get cut and people start beating me up you know at that moment i know that i've done something wrong i won't be able to defend myself and my dad knows that naturally that's not the kind of person i am i always want to fight back right. so that's you know kept me you know to to fight for myself and not to put myself in a situation where i won't be able to defend myself or I won't, even if i can fight back i won't be able to you know speak for myself so i, I would advise any any youth teenager anyone out there whoever you know it doesn't matter the age you've been pressured to do something you know look at it in a long way that what if this stuff that i'm about to do backfires because there's nothing that you do, it's just a matter of time. It's gonna catch up with you. Whatever you reap, you sow. You know what I mean? Um, maybe it might take time, you know, depending on the grace. God gives a lot, people a lot of grace to repent from whatever. So our advice, you know, I, I have a time to think that this this set of people I'm trying to, to, to I mean, to please, what if, you know, everything, everything comes out to light? Will they stand for me? Will they be able to defend me? And, and things like that. So uh, th that's just my advice that you, you have to be careful. You, you, need to, you, you need to think things deep. And thank God for the society we have in, in, here in the United States. Like, if you get caught doing something wrong, you know, that's going to be on your record. So that, that you should always have that at the back of your mind that, you know, if this negative report on my, rec on my record, is it going to affect you know me in the long run, my future, my family? Is it going to change, you know, the cost? If you understand what I mean, so. So essentially, think before you act. Absolutely, absolutely, because this this so-called friends, they don't, they don't wish you well. It's it's as, it's as simple as that. Anybody that tries to you know push you to do something that you know at the end of the day if you get caught or you know it can affect your future those are not those are not friends those are people that you need to stay away from so that's that's that's, that's very important to, yeah. to remember if you are being pressured either by friends or family or relatives or work colleagues or whoever mm -hmm. you want to seriously think if you get into trouble, are these same people who are pushing you yeah. going to be there for you? And that kind of conversation requires honesty with yourself because if you think about it on a surface level, it's easy to mm -hmm. say, oh yeah, they're yeah. my friends, they'll be there. Yeah. But but if you're if we are really honest with ourselves and really take inventory of all the people around us, there are some people mm -hmm. you look around and you realize once trouble comes, First of all, some of them, they don't even pay when you go out mm -hmm. to eat. They are mm -hmm. never with their wallets. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow they've, they've, they've forgotten. They, they always forget their, their wallet or they're always in some trouble. They cannot afford mm -hmm. to treat you. They cannot afford to be mm -hmm. nice to you. Mm -hmm. They're always receiving from you and they have nothing to give. Giving anything so, back. So how much more when there is trouble and, you know, are they going to be there to bail you out and or will they just stay from afar? So oh, I'm wishing you well and I'm praying for you. You know. So that's definitely something to put out to keep in mind. Now yeah. what about I, I know we've we've 
probably mentioned it before, but for parents who really believe that peer pressure is not a thing, that there is no possible way their child could ever be pressured by anybody outside, they just don't believe that it is a thing. What do you have to say to, to or do you have anything to say to parents who believe something like that? Um, my advice to parents is this. Before you can, you know, jump into that conclusion that there's nothing called peer pressure or your child cannot be uh, pressurized to do something, you know, out of their will to say. Um, the, what I, I call something, um, what do I call it? I call it like a, a, a friend zone between parents and, and, and their children. You know, because if you don't know your child or your son, your daughter, your children, because they, they can be an, they can be acting at home and be someone else outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you don't create that atmosphere for them to be themselves at home, you can't really say that there's no peer pressure because at the end of the day, they will put up the, the character you want to see when they are around you. You understand what I mean? Right. Because you've created that, that that atmosphere that I'm your father, I'm your mother, you know, this is the way it's meant to be, and you know what I mean? And they play along with you. But they've been pressurized to do some negative things outside. You get what I mean? Like, so my advice to parents is this. You need to create that friend zone. You need to understand your child, the way they reason, what they are thinking. You know, it's not just uh, my basic uh, responsibility for my child. It's uh, shelter, food, clothing, school. You know, they they need this gadget. I buy for them. No, it's more is more than that because most of the youth they feel more comfortable outside. You know, they feel that you know they can express themselves among their peers. Come to think about it, now if they have like peers, they are not going nowhere. They have no no plan for the future. Don't you think that that child is on the wrong path? regardless of whatever you're doing at home because they're just acting at home. So my advice for parents is the word of God is really, really, really important. You know, someone like me, me my father's uh, so rest in peace. Growing up for us as a child, you know, the way we see Christianity was just like a routine mm -hmm. because probably I would say maybe my dad didn't know better than because maybe that was the way he was raised or whatever. Yeah. It's more like accept Christ or die, <laughs> you know, that kind of atmosphere. Sunday, it's time for church, you know, everything is all like a military way. At night, if you want to pray, we pray morning and night. The way they wake you up, smack you if you, if you, don't, if you don't get up from your bed on time, you know, things like that. But, you know, as I look at all those things for me then growing up, didn't really, you know, give me the, the, the environment that I wanted to be able to share how I feel and what I want and, you know, the pressure I'm facing outside mm -hmm. with my parents because of the kind of atmosphere that was in the house, if you understand what I mean. You know, they never created that, that, that space for me to really express myself to them. It's all about, you know, end time is coming. If you don't do this, you know, I didn't really understand then. But I just thank God, like I said earlier, you know, if I try to do something wrong, I always get cut. So that has actually, you know, got me out of the all those, all those mess. 
But what I'm, my advice for parents is you need to let them understand why Jesus Christ is so important to their life. You know, his purpose for us, the reason why he came down, you know, sacrificed himself, now he's in heaven, still advocating for us. You know, that's a genuine love. That's something that, you know, you know, you, you, we need to teach them in the way of the Lord. You know, you need to give them that room to express themselves. They will bring some conversation to you. Like um, my friend was telling me two days ago about his five-year-old daughter, you yes. know, asking questions way above a pay grade, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, they have to answer those questions. If they, if they push that away, she's going to learn one way or the other. So our advice parent, you know, you really need to know your, your child. You need to give them that self-confidence, you know, you know, that, that high esteem of themselves by creating that friendship atmosphere. Look at it, I'm telling you, if you look at most kids, they are close, close to their parent. They can hardly go wrong. You understand what I mean? If you look at the statistic, they, they do better in school, you know, they, they, they serve God better, they feel, you know, feel good about themselves because even when, when peer pressure comes, they know they can always fall back to their parents right. for advice or, or for comfort. You see what I'm saying? So, so that's my advice for parents. You know, you need to create that atmosphere, that environment for your teen, especially the teenagers, to express themselves, so that you know they won't bring you know one negative surprise. And I, I hope that won't be the case. That that is really good. Um, essentially, for parents, older siblings, relatives, create an environment where you also help to build the self-esteem of the child yeah. or the sibling so that they don't fall into the trap of thinking they have to do something exactly. for others in order to yeah. be accepted. Exactly. Or, oh, that is, that is really good. Um, and I guess the same thing applies for parents who believe in peer pressure and are trying to figure out what to do for their youth. If, if the thinking is they are really teenagers, I always believe in it's never too late to start. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can mm-hmm. start. It's not going to be as easy as it will be if as, you yes, started absolutely. when they were kids. But it's mm-hmm. never too late to start. So we've come to the end of the question I have for you. But it is a tradition in my interviews to leave the last five minutes for my guests to say whatever it is they're led to say regarding our subject matter. So if you have any, I guess, round, rounding up words for us, the floor okay. is yours. Um, it's, been, it's been great, you know, having this conversation with you. And um, for people out there, the, you know, anyone that has the opportunity to listen to this, um, my advice for you is, you need to understand yourself, what you want for yourself. Um, maybe as a teenager, as a youth, young adult, as an adult, even some adult face peer pressure. You know, um, what do you really want for yourself? What is God's plan for you? Because um, I heard um, this about um, a story about this successful man here in the United States. You know, people asking that, what's what is the secret? to your wealth. He said he never takes take a step without asking God. If he wants to do anything, whether you know being advised by family, 
friends, colleagues, whatever, you know, being pressurized to do something. He said, if it takes God a year to respond to him, he's going to wait on that project. He's going to wait on that particular thing. He's not going to make any move without hearing from God. You know, so what I'm trying to say is, in essence, is we need to put God at the center of our life. Everything we do has to be according to his will for our life. And um, I'll quickly read this um, Bible verse um, real quick from Galatians 1.10. Um, it's, a, it's a very popular one still. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek the, do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I will not be a born servant of Christ. So we have to learn to please the master because our existence is in his hands. He brought us to this world. He created us in this body for a purpose. So being pressurized by men or trying to please men is not the way. We need to find God's purpose for our life. And um, as we do so, I pray that, you know, God will, will, will see us through this journey of life, you know, the pressure we face. And keep, keep it in mind, you will not always get it right. I'm just, it's, it's just a fact. You will not always get it right, but there's Christ that you can always fall back on, and it will, it will, it will redirect you, it will, you, you know, it will, it, will, it will help you out to make better decisions. Because sometimes I realize that some people, they will tell you that, oh, I've gone so far in the world, I don't think Christ is going to accept me back. Absolutely not. Say, come as you are. You know, bring your troubles, and it will fix us right. So, that is it for me. Thank you. Thank you. You know, just to wrap up, peer pressure is real. Mm-hmm. And there is, if there is anybody in your life who is telling you it's not real, it is real. It is. And as we've discussed today, it stems often from what is happening on the inside. It stems from how you view yourself. Just like I said, it is important to know who you are. It is important, the most important opinion about who you are comes from God and then yourself. Every other person is inconsequential. It doesn't yes. matter. So you need Absolutely. to know who, who God says you are. You know, I have a um, free ebook on my website, probably. By the time this episode goes up, I'll pin it on, on my Facebook page and, and have the link available on the episode page as well. It's just it's a starter kit, if you will, a collection of Bible verses on who God says we are. And then you can use that as a start and then go on to the Bible for who God says you are. But when you fed yourself on who God says you are and you repeat it and you repeat it, you might not believe it. You might not remember it all the time, but that is why the Bible is there. You can always go and reference it. But with time, it builds you up and it makes it really difficult for other people to to turn you out of you know out of out of who you are. For example, where God says you are beautiful and you are precious, nobody is going to tell you you have to dress this way to be beautiful. Or you have to, you know, 
you have to be beautiful to join our group. To be beautiful, you need to be this way, this way, or do that. When you already know that the creator of heaven and earth has called you beautiful, well, not just when you know, when you believe it, then there's nobody else that can that can come and tell you otherwise. And just for those out there who, who will I say, are, are more secure about themselves, do not scoff at people who have faced peer pressure or people who are facing it. He said, help them out. And if you can't help, point them to, to resources that will help because not everyone is built the same. Some people have, everybody has different mental and emotional stress. Everybody has lived a different experience. Absolutely. And you don't know what experience is feeding someone else. So don't pile onto the problem. Just help. If you cannot help, point to resources that will help. And for anybody out there who's facing peer pressure, you may not fit in right now, but you are not good. Um, you may want a, a battalion of friends, but remember that quantity does not equal quality. It's better Absolutely. to find one good friend than to have a million friends and followers and a million likes. And there is, they're just there for sure. There is nobody for you to, to lean on. You're not drawing strength from them. They're not adding any value. Adding any value. Right. So, so just don't, don't, for the sake of wanting to make friends, go out of your way to do something you're not supposed to do. The friend is going to come later. The friends will come later. You know, I went through it in university. I did not have a flock of friends. But it just about two weeks ago, I was having a conversation with my mom, and I realized I didn't have a. I didn't. I don't even know if I would say on one hand, I could count on one hand the number of people nice. I would really call friends I had in university. There were maybe like one or two, but looking back, they were really solid people I could rely on. Um, when there was trouble, there were people who motivated and encouraged me. You know, and like what we were saying earlier, when I was in trouble, they were here to help me out. There were people, it was just two people, but they prayed for me. They encouraged me. They motivated me. Um, you know, just, they were good people. It took a while to find those two people. And I cannot help but think, if I had gone out of my way to follow a bad crowd for the sake of having 50 friends, I would have missed two really important people. That's really important people in your so life. let's just keep that in mind. And I'll just close with a short word of prayer. Our God and our King, we thank you even for this episode. We pray, O oh Lord, that you help us to always stand firm in the knowledge of who we are, who you've called us to be, what your purpose for us is. We are praying that you help us to reorganize those in our lives. Anybody who will pressure us negatively or send us off course, that you give us the strength, the Lord, even to exclude them or, or keep them at arm's length for us. We are praying for everybody who is listening, that you always surround them with good people that will motivate, that will uplift them, that will always draw them closer to you. We pray, Father, even for our guests. We ask that you keep him, you keep his home, you strengthen his hands, let the work of his hands always be successful. Amen. And King of glory that his son will grow up to be a majestic young man who is not going to be pressured negatively from anybody. Father, help each and every one of us to continue to walk in the light of our purpose, always relying on you and always remembering who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.